Hi, welcome to Wandering Into the Woods, a podcast brought to you by the creators of Adventures with BG. I'm Linda. And this is Jared. And today, Jared is going to tell us more about his adventures in Saudi Arabia. Um, he'll start out by telling us about Ushaker. Uh, sorry about the pronunciation in case it's wrong. We did try to look it up to be sensitive to our listeners, but we couldn't find the what we felt was a good um, uh, pronunciation of it. Um, and aside from Shaker, he'll be telling us about his visit to Kingdom Center Tower as well. So, uh, Jared, can you tell us what prompted you to go to Shaker? So we decided to take a almost a day trip, uh, a good portion of a day trip to Ushakar Village, um, because it is probably one of the biggest attractions. I don't know about biggest, I mean, physically biggest. I don't know about well known and most historical in the Riyadh area. There's a lot of other things that are more historical and better known, but they just aren't open at this time. A lot of it is getting ready for the uh, the Saudi 2030 plan. So they're really going back and refining a lot of things and get, getting it prepped for tourism. So we kind of hit on that in some of the other episodes too. But, you know, so one of the biggest attractions is open. Um, and the heritage, uh, Ushakwa, uh, Ushaker Heritage Village is about 200 kilometers northwest of Riyadh. It takes uh, two, three hours to get there by car. Um, so we drove out there on a Sunday, which is like a Saudi Monday. So if you do go, definitely way better to do it a Friday or Saturday because that's their actual weekend. Um, there's also tours that you could look up and I probably recommend a tour guide um, because there's not a whole lot of just history and, and written documentation about stuff about Saudi archaeological finds. I mean, as I learned, it, it's pretty limited. So if you can get a local, at least in English, I, I mean, it may be there in Arabic. That may be something that's a lot easier to find. But you may want to try and get a tour guide um, for your trip there. And, and I think that would help a lot. Um, so as you drive in, you, you actually come into the the city or the town of Ushaker. Um, you'll come in on kind of a highway, similar to probably like a state highway for everyone in Texas. Um, and then you'll pull off through large, you know, wooden gates. And it's a nice paved road, kind of tourist ready. And you'll get to the end and it's not really a parking lot so much. It's just kind of an end and you kind of park where you fit because that's how it works there. And the first couple of things you'll be greeted with is a restroom, a mosque, um, a few museums, and a couple of stores. One is a palm date store because they uh they love that and you can just buy them by the sack there i guess and then something that's more like a trinket store they've got like the lanterns they use to light the light the walkways but like i don't know more of a toy version so it's kind of got those trinkets touristy trinkets that you would find for for any sort of tourist site so when you first arrived what was the first point that y'all visited um so we just kind of started walking Uh uh-huh then just down the first kind of alleyway, I guess is what the best term would be. It's kind of like their streets, but it's only for foot and bicycle traffic. I mean, I don't think you should really ride a bicycle there, but one of the guys that lived there was riding his bike around. I so, mean, it makes sense. It's old, you know. There yeah. Wouldn't, uh, there wouldn't necessarily be a space for, you know, depending on how old, even for carts. Yeah. And so um, when you walk in, I mean, all the buildings are... Um, very old. I mean, the village started 1,500 years ago or so, or so by Bedouins. Um, it quickly became a popular stopping point for pilgrims because there's water there, and you know, water draws civilization. 
And so the houses themselves are, uh, you know, rock stacked, uh, covered with mud, supported by, you know, logs and sticks and things. And, and that's all it is. So it's really, you know, what we called in Afghanistan, kalats, So And yet it, it has survived 1500 years. Yeah. Which uh, is amazing. So, I mean, kind of uh, the thing that's uh, notable about this village is the town and the previous owners or the, the owners of the village, the heritage village itself got together and paid for its repairs. Apparently fairly not too long ago, you know, a couple of decades, maybe it was in mm-hmm. very bad shape and it was not a tourist attraction. It was just, you know, crumbling, you know, dirt, mud houses, you know, but they got together, fixed it up and you can actually see some of those spread out. So they've got doors and you can look through them or the windows for old houses. And it's just like collapsed structured and, just a bunch of rock and, and mud piled in. So not everything is repaired, but you know, enough of it is. And then, so we just started walking. Uh, we ended up essentially going through the village, not knowing, you know, uh, where to go. Um, and we ended up in the back. It, it was full of, there was a well there, a couple of very deep wells um, that we were able to look at. They're fenced off, obviously, because people tend to be not always the greatest at staying safe. So I could imagine that people would get too close and fall in 20, 30, or even more feet into this pit, um, you know, for water. And in that same area, it's just, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, uh, palm dates, they love it. So that's all it is in the back is just groves and groves of palm dates. So we wandered around there for, I don't know, 10 minutes. And we were like, huh, this is a neat, I don't think that we're necessarily supposed to be here, but there are paths that just run everywhere. I assume to neighboring properties and there's old walls and stuff. And then once we decided that, you know, uh, we had seen enough of that and there wasn't any changing scenery besides that. We made it back into the village. There is actually some sort of a hotel there. It said it was supposed to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, was not. Uh, I think that'd be kind of a neat experience to stay there. I don't know if it's one of those things where it's actually only open on maybe a Thursday night or a Friday, Saturday for, to cover their weekend. Yeah. Or if you call them and set it up, you can stay there any night. Not sure how it works, but if you're interested in staying, you know, in a heritage village, seems like a cool time. If you're there and have a lot of freedom. And then we made it back into what they call the town center um, and where we met a gentleman. He was a house owner. Um, He's also said he was a teacher, but also a tour guide. And so he Mm. took us into his house. Um, It's set up real nice. It was actually three stories. So, you know, we kind of came in and looked. Then they took us up to the top floor and we got a nice overhead view of the village because everything is generally one story. And this is the largest or tallest house inside. Uh, oh, then we, nice. Yeah, then we came back down to the front patio that overlooks the small, I guess, town square. And, you know, he showed us there. Um, and, you know, he wanted some pictures for us. And this was the guy that was on the bicycle doing Snapchat and Instagram, you know, posts trying to get people uh, to draw attention to it. So yeah. he was excited they were there. Um, then after, you know, we hung out with him, he told us some stuff, told us about his family tree, uh, he sent us on our way and said, you got to go look at the mosque. Um, so we went over to the mosque. Mm-hmm. It was an open area, um, trees growing. And it was real nice. Had a very small uh, mosque, have towers associated with them. They have a name. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. But it's where they either uh, have a speaker. Mm-hmm. So they have the five prayers a day mm-hmm. is played out of. Or I guess someone with a loud voice could just do it back in, you know, times before um, there was electronics and speakers. So I imagine that's what that small tower was for. So it was neat to look at that. Um, Then we wandered around a little bit more and made it to our first museum, which I think cost 
five riyadh, which is like a dollar or two. So it's not a whole lot. Um, we went in. Um, this museum was more of just a collection of things that had been in the area. What kind of things? Um, Coke bottles, trinkets, uh, clothing. Really? Yeah. Old TVs. It was just like, here are some things that existed through the Heritage Village's history. And a lot of it, you know, was from 1900 to current time. Huh. Yeah. So it was just like people had moved out and or donated just things that they had owned at one time. And it was just, you know, stacked in there. Um, none of it was in English, all Arabic. Okay. So it was mostly just us looking at things. They had a couple of dioramas of, you know, how they would have lived very early, like before building kind of time um, as they started building and how they would have cooked and things like that, how they would have made their uh, flatbread. Mm-hmm. And so you could understand that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it was Arabic signs and just a collection of stuff. And so when I said what they would call museums, this is kind of it. So it's not really, um, I, I don't know, what we would in America consider a museum, you know, where they have an exhibit and a little placard that tells us all about it, maybe a diagram to go along with it. It was just kind of like, here's some cool stuff we've collected that's associated with this village, probably. Yeah, at least that's what you were able to understand as an American yes. visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if maybe you could have gotten more context if you uh, spoke or under could read Arabic. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you mentioned this museum. I'm going back to the fact that the buildings here are, are reconstructed and that the villagers themselves are the ones that helped with these reconstructions. And it makes me wonder, you know, I wonder if any of our listeners or anybody knows like about actual archaeology digs in the site and where those you know, if there if there have been some where the artifacts would be located, because it, it sounds like it's they're not being kept locally. It also brings me to the one of those eternal questions that I have whenever we visit ruins. Did you prefer seeing the old unreconstructed sites or the reconstructed ones? Um, I mean, getting a mix is nice. A lot of the unconstructed ones were were just destroyed, so okay. it's not even like it was. You know, a lot of partial structure. Uh-huh. A lot of it was just a pile of rubble in between repaired buildings. So yeah, it's it, harder it, to get a gauge because it's just a pile of rubble and not just like a partial structure. Right. It's just something you always wonder when visiting a mm. lot of these heritage sites. You you want to, you know, would I rather see it in all its glory and splendor or do I want to mm. let it degrade over time? I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those, those eternal questions. And I think different cultures um, have arrived at different answers around the world. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then, so once we finished up that museum, um, the guy I went with was pretty disappointed. I liked it because it cost a dollar or two. So, you know, it wasn't yeah, for a like whole lot wasted. An so. hour of entertainment or how Less long were you that. there? Probably 15 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was it was like one main room and then two or three like, oh, side rooms. But just a museum. Just this museum, okay, yeah. yeah. We went to another one. Um, then we, you know, went back to wandering just through the alleys. Um, and so, you know, I, I think just walking through the alleys was my favorite part. It just had a neat look and feel to it. How so? I, I don't know. They're just clothes. Some of them are covered with like uh, buildings that go over the top of it. They're narrow. You're surrounded by rock walls. So, I mean, it feels like, you know, you're in something historic. Did you um, feel like you were in Aladdin? No. Because that's pretty much what you're making me picture. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it could be somewhat similar to that. So, but yeah, it was a neat experience. They've got the old hanging 
lamps. I think they're, you know, LED lamps now, but back in the day, they would have been a candle or fat, and then they would have upgraded to a true candle with beeswax or something. And now they're, you know, electricity, but, you know, that's a neat feeling to it. And then as we made it back uh, towards where we were parked, and we didn't even cover the entire thing, you know, there was no one out and about. So there's only so much you can do. I think that, you know, on a weekend, there's more people out that, that live in those houses or own the houses, at least telling you about them and, you know, giving you some history. So there wasn't that going on. Um, but as we made it back to the car, you know, we looked at the two shops real quick. Um, and then we saw another museum, which was uh, probably twice the size, but still very similar to the first one. It was a collection of things. They did have some artifacts that were multiple hundred years old in it. Interesting. But it was also Arabic. Okay. So you got no context and you yeah. don't really know what they were. The guy that was in charge of it um, was definitely, he tried more. He did not really speak English. Okay. Um, but they, they had, you know, some more, pl- they actually had more placards. So if you've got Google Photos, you can use Google Lens. Yeah. And so we were able to somewhat translate some of the stuff and see the old ones. And he was like, oh, look at this one and pointed to like the older artifacts or the ones that were cooler. So he did a little bit of that. Yeah. And that's to clarify, we're not what we're we don't expect our the the people that we're visiting to speak English or to create no. signs just for Americans. That's why I think you brought up the point of like you. Based on your experience, you would recommend if you're American or from a, a Western country, make sure that you take a, a tour guide with you. Yeah, that would probably help provide you better context. I just uh, thought I'd clarify that. Yeah, we don't have that expectation. It's just that yeah. in this on this experience, you missed out on some of the context because you didn't have a tour guide with you. Definitely. And then there's this old diagram where they put water in it and it has water flow through. So it's supposed to be a diagram of how the village would have been with flowing water. It was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they had a collection of a bunch of old weapons from swords to old rifles that would have been used in that region's, you know, warfare throughout time. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, uh, so there was like the guy who was the host and there was maybe an older guy who was the owner or something. He was talking to a handful of, uh, I assume Saudi, but Arabic speakers. And then at the very end, mm-hmm. when they were all left and it was just us, you know, they had us come over and we sat on the couch and we had um, Arabic coffee. To Ooh. me, it's, it's more like a tea than a coffee. Controversial. Yeah. So, but they call so it Arabic. Fighting words. They, they call it Arabic coffee. Yeah. And we had dates, obviously, because that's the big thing. Eating palm dates and having either coffee, tea, or Arabic coffee. Mm-hmm. So, those things go together. So, we had that. Um, and they pointed out some pictures to show like some famous people that had come there. So like big politicians, so like Bush people from his from his era. Yeah, they were like, oh, that guy, and we're like, oh, neat. Second Bush, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, W. Okay. So they had had some famous people come through, some notable politicians, and they were showing. Um, with no, we couldn't really speak to each other, so we were just like, okay, we want to go, and they're like, no, one more, one more, and then Kim made us keep drinking. Uh-oh. And so we didn't, didn't really know how to end. <laughs> yeah. It's what, what's the... What's, yeah. What's the protocol? Yeah, how to end? exactly. Because most people are just like, oh, they're American. They'll leave when they leave. But these guys were, you know, like hospitality. Stay here. Yeah. Um, so we finished up there. Um, they have a modern mosque in, in this entryway. I mean, we didn't go to it because mm-hmm. no need for us. Um, they have, you know, a restroom there, some trash cans. So we, we you know... Went to the bathroom, everything, got ready, and, and headed out, and he went back to Riyadh. Nice. 
Yeah. So definitely, uh, probably one of the top places that I'd recommend going right now. Um, once Diaria is open, I'd say hit that up first. But you know, if that's not, this is definitely the place you want to go. So we got back to Riyadh and then we went to the Sky Bridge at Kingdom Tower. Um, it is 99 floors, apparently. Um, it is suspended, I guess, 300 meters above the city. And it is a bridge between two points of the tower. So I, I don't know. There's a so, walkway in between. To me, the way it makes more sense to understand how this building um, was built. It's I, I like the way you explained to me earlier off air, which was, um, you know, it starts out as two separate or one building, mm-hmm. and then somewhere in the middle, it splits off into two. Yeah, almost at the top. Uh, yeah, and then there's a bridge connecting the two topmost uh, floors to each other. Yes, and then floor-to-ceiling glass panels, so you can get a nice view of the city. Um, so we came back. Uh, we went at nighttime. I think that's... I've never gone in the day, but I think it's better kind of the views to see at night, um, to see all the lights, lining the streets, cars, buildings, because there's, you know, other tall buildings. This one is the fourth tallest in Riyadh, so there are, you know, more that are taller than it that you could see from this tower. Um, You walk in, uh, it's a mall at the bottom, so you go to the mall, if you've got any shopping to do, I guess you could go there. Um, It's kind of a a sterile filling mall, white, um, bright lights, no windows. Yeah, so at least that I saw, I don't remember seeing any windows. Um, So you go up a couple of flight of stairs to the entrance. I want to say it costed us 60 riyadh a piece, which is around $20. Just to go into the building? No, just the mall is free. This is to go up Sky Tower, okay. to go to the Sky Bridge itself. Um, on the Saudi web tourism website, it says it costs 63 It also says cash only there, but I'm pretty sure I paid with you know my debit card. So I have cash just in case. I don't think it's 63 but you know, if you don't, it's a mall. There's ATM, so you can get cash or... You can, you can do it and, you know, exchange before you get there. Um, so you go there, you wait in a little waiting room with just like some, some benches, but right before the elevators, uh, then you take an elevator up. I, I don't know how many floors, you know, 60, 70, maybe you get out into a lobby. Um, there's other, you know, offices and stuff. Cause it's also an office building. You get on another elevator and you take it all the way up to the 99th floor. Then when we got there at night, um, it's green LED kind of lit, but it's dark, a bunch of windows. So, you know, you can walk around, take pictures. A lot of people are, you know, doing selfies with each other, with their groups and things with the, with the backdrop. You can spend as much time as you want up there. When we went, the AC was not working or not working well. So it was kind of hot waiting. So the mall had AC, but anything above the mall did not. So the waiting room was hot. It had no AC, I believe. Then we got up and the AC was working a little bit, but it was still pretty hot because it, it was starting to get summer, you know? So yeah, it was later, later in the, well, more towards summer. Okay. So pretty warm. Uh, I don't know. We spent 10, 15 minutes up there looking at each side. It's neat. Definitely worth a trip. You know, I mean, it could be your, your weekday trip if you wanted, you know, go to the sky bridge, eat dinner before or after, and then head on home. So doesn't take up a whole lot of time. I guess you could do it, you know, in a big mall run too. But it's one of those things that you can add on to something else if you're already out and about. It's really neat. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that trip worked out with Ushaker Heritage Village and the Skybridge. So, it, it panned out to be a good day to include meals. And, you know, that, that was kind of it for this, this day trip. Day tripping. Well, thank you for telling us about that. Yeah. Sounds like a good experience. Yeah, it definitely was. 
Well, Jared, thank you for sharing your latest adventure with us. If you'd like to hear more about our adventures in the past, you can go ahead and listen to our previous episodes. Don't forget to look us up on our social media websites. Those are Facebook at Adventures with BG and at Instagram at Adventures with BG. Those are the letters B and G. Uh, if you like the show, make sure you go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. It really helps us um, gain new audience and keeps us encouraged to keep going. And as always, stay safe as you wander into the woods.